On today's podcast, I had Andrew Cordell on, and we talked about many different things, one of which was how he sold over $300 million worth of products on stage. We also talk about this power room that he has created of top-level CEOs, how a social media podcast kind of led into that and how things can change and adapt so quickly in business. There were so many great things. Uh, it was just so awesome spending my time with him. We've talked a lot off camera before about you know how it is to build a brand and we go in depth on those things for if you are trying to start your own social media following some uh, different things you can do. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? My company, Future Flipper, can help. We've taught hundreds of people all over the country how to flip, wholesale, and buy rental properties. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your investing journey. Whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your company, Future Flipper can help. We have courses, coaching, and events for all levels of investors. So if you want to take the next step, go to futureflipper.com and book a free consultation to see how we can best help you. Once again, that's futureflipper.com. If you've ever wanted to invest with me on my real estate deals, it's now possible. At Pineda Capital, we're purchasing value-add real estate all across the country. This includes multifamily, commercial, and land development. The best part is, with my network, social media presence, and marketing strategies, we're able to get the very best deals that others don't have access to. You can join in with me on those deals if you're an accredited investor. If you want to learn more, head over to PinedaCapital.com to see our current opportunities. Once again, that's PinedaCapital.com. Welcome to The Ryan Pineda Show. Where our mission is to invest. I only expect to make money in things that I understand. Innovate. It's about believing in the future and thinking that the future will be better than the past. And inspire. I am much more likely to hit my goal just due to putting it out there. You're now rocking with the best. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Ryan Pineda Show. Today, I've got one of my good buddies out from Utah. He's got a lot of cool things going on in many different businesses. On top of that, he's given me some great wisdom and advice whenever I've been down to visit him. And uh, a lot of my social media has been something that he kind of predicted when we met uh, a little over a year ago. So I predicted uh, it, man. That might, that might be true. You blew it up. Well, you predicted you um, kind of what made me different, which we yeah. can talk about. So, yeah. uh I got none other than Andrew Cordell. What up, dude? What's up, man? Glad to be here on the show, especially in beautiful Las Vegas coming from snowy Utah, dude. Yeah, dude. So I'm actually going to flip-flop you. I'm going okay. to Park City <laughs> on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, skiing? Yeah. Skiing? Yep. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. We're going to snowboard, so I'm excited for that. But uh, give every, I'll give everyone a brief history. Um, sure. You know, you and I met about a year and a half ago, I would yeah. say. Mm-hmm. And you guys are out in Utah done a lot of big things in business and you know you started telling me about what you were trying to do on social media as well yeah. as what you guys were doing on the business side because there was a ton of businesses in that office and yeah, yeah. I kind of felt like my office was a mini version of that sure and so you know you guys had this set up I was super impressed but you know one thing that you were gracious enough to tell me was like hey you know I want to sit down with you for an hour and talk about personal brand and you know how you're going to position yourself because at the time I might have had I don't know, 30,000 YouTube subscribers, maybe like 200,000 TikTok. So like I was doing, you know, I was on the path, but still trying to find uh, my identity online. And Mm -hmm. um, fast forward, I think you predicted it pretty good. And um, your own things have been going really well too. You have a a mastermind called The Power Room, which is here in Vegas right now. It's why you're in town. You guys are killing it. You've got hundreds of CEOs in it. 
um, as well as some other stuff you're telling me about with NFTs and sports cards and a whole bunch, dude. It's a problem being a serial entrepreneur, man. You, uh, you you tend to have your thing, your hands in a lot of things at a lot of times, and it can be a curse and it can be a gift. You know, I mean, look, I mean, your office, right? You guys, yeah. you have six companies here, right? Right. Out of this one building, right? Yep. And uh, as you can probably attest to, sometimes it's a blessing and sometimes it's a curse to like, oh my god. Uh, there's this one and this one. And I always hate saying it, too, because sometimes I was just speaking recently at an event. And it's like they ask you how many companies you have. And it's like we have 23 different companies, my partners and I. And it's like when you say that, though, people just think you mean like 23, like almost like lemonade stand, like small little. Yeah. And like you're CEO of all of them. We're, I'm not CEO of all those companies. Usually we have them, uh, you know, underneath our, our, our portfolio, if you will. But sometimes you get I feel like your people are like, oh, OK, you, you run all these companies. We don't run all those companies, but we own all those companies, if you will, you know, so. It's a gift. It's a curse. Um, yeah, being the, a serial entrepreneur. The one weird thing for me is I've every company I own, I started up, you know, yeah. and so I've been the founder, the CEO, yeah. and you know, help them get the boots off the ground. Um, I'm still directing the vision of all mm -hmm. the companies mm -hmm. and all those things. And then, you know, I thought about it too. I'm like, man, at some point, obviously, it becomes a problem because I am the bottleneck sometimes, yeah. right? Because yeah. I'm not pushing them all forward the way that maybe somebody else would. Um, but also too as my social media grows, like, dude, I can't promote everything. Correct. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like there becomes this problem of, okay, what company am I going to promote today? What, you know, so to have 23 and then uh, like marketing myself as like, what, what does Ryan like do if somebody right. asked me that? Yeah. And today I'm like, so yeah. hard to say. It's yeah. so, I, last night somebody asked me, I'm like, Oh God, here we go again, dude. It's so hard to answer that question when someone's like, so what do you do? It's like, uh, I do a lot of businesses, man. I pick one. It doesn't matter. Yep. So I, I get it, dude. I mean, and, and, and you have the same thing going on here and, and your brand that has, that has taken off. I think the uniqueness about your brand, right? Because we talked about it. You, you live in a very, very crowded space, right? A space that obviously we came from. And it's like, dude, that is a real, we talk about real estate. We talk about coaching, education, flipping. That's a super crowded yeah. market space, right? But you have, you have built a niche inside of it. And I think the greatness of what you built was not just that you're authentic to a truly being an investor. I mean, you come to the office, you literally have wholesalers and 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 actually, I was just shooting a story outside when you or I was waiting on you, and one of your uh, direct mail flyers was laying up front, like yeah. a door hanger looking thing. And it's like, no, you really do do it. And as you know, a lot of the guys actually don't do it. It's one of the problems. And then I think the other greatness of what you did was you added your family into it because at the end of the day, you are truly a family guy. I mean, that's who. If you ask who Ryan Pineda is, actually, that's actually what I always think about you because you're at my office and like when you came in, you didn't actually talk about real estate. You were talking about family, like. 90% of the time, 80% of the time was family, right? And I think that was part of the genius what you did was added, was very, you stay very true to yourself and added your family and wife and kid when it was appropriate into your real life social media, right? Which I think is what draws people to, uh, you know, real uh, leaders, influencers like yourself is when they're truly authentic and real yeah. to it. No, for sure. And we were talking about that pre-podcast um, of just like, man, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like amplifying who you are, right? Yeah. And so- everybody's unique in some way. And I'm just like, all right, as long as I just put all aspects of my life, not just how to flip a house. Yeah. You know, people will resonate with that because people can relate to family and mm -hmm. they can relate to faith and all these things. So tell, for those of you who don't know who Andrew Cordell yep. is like, dude, give the, the rundown of who you are and uh, where you got to today. Yeah. Uh, I'll make it a short road. Uh, although it's uh, up and down, up and down, up and down road, like an a lot of entrepreneurs, but I started in real estate, uh, kind of just like Ryan. Well, I guess you actually started in 
couch flipping, I think it was yeah, the yeah, yeah. I started, right? I started actually my very first flip was a house and I started flipping houses and and did did uh, over a thousand houses in real estate and um honestly I just got kind of burnt out of it, dude. It was just it's a grind. And I was doing all fix and flip. I didn't do any wholesale, I was strictly fix and flip. So you talk about fix and flipping a thousand houses, as you know, dude, that's <laughs> it's a lot of houses. It's a dude. lot, dude. And uh, uh, I just got kind of burnt out of it. And I also hit a ceiling where it's like, as an entrepreneur, you want to grow. You want to have the ability to scale and, and grow and grow and grow. And I felt like, where am I going to take this? Like, what is the next level? I'm, I'm doing all these houses every year, but what is the next level to it? And so I kind of got burnt out and, and peeled back from it. And from there, I got recruited by uh, my current partners and, and became a public speaker and traveled the world, uh, sp- spoke to hundreds of thousands of real estate investors and educators and some of the biggest stages in the world with Tony and Kiyosaki. And I'll never forget when Rich Dad actually introduced me on stage one time. That was a shell shocker. I was like, oh, my God, dude. Because I obviously, I don't know if you, but I, I, that's where I read his book, of course, right? And then right. here I am 10 years later, he's introducing me to speak with him. Uh, and then from there, uh, uh, obviously, when COVID hit, that kind of shut down all the public speaking biz- side of it, right? And then we shifted into the companies we run now, which is the Mastermind, uh, as well as the uh, card um, software that we launched, which is just entrepreneur play, right? The NFT play that we did. Uh, so we're launching that. It should be March Madness uh, coming up. We should launch right around there uh, on that software, which should be a pretty big game game changer what we got going on. Um, that's what we did, man. It, it's it's a, there's a bunch of other companies, but that's the main journey, I say, of me uh, coming through it. And, and now is like when, when I look back and, and honestly, is, I'm, I'm very jealous and envious, dude, because when me and you met a year and a half ago, we were both kind of on that um, starting point, let's call it, of like, hey, you were already successful, I was successful, and we're both just kind of naturally at the point where we're like, hey, we should be building our social media brands. And I think you were, at that point, I think you were already ahead of me a little bit, uh, but we were both kind of right at that starting point. And dude, you you freaking took off and, and ran with it, and and uh, me looking back is like, oh shit, dude. I feel <laughs> like I, I feel like I dropped the ball on that one, and I put more time into some other stuff, and now we're back to re- going back and rebooting it up now, so hopefully we can launch it now, but I, 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 for sure, there's a piece of me that's envious and jealous of your success right now. And I say, I say that in a, in a <laughs> positive a friend. way. Yeah, 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 a positive yeah. way. Not no. in a sincere, like, I'm actually jealous, jealous, but yeah. I'm also very happy for you, man. You deserve yeah. it. Yeah. No, I appreciate that, dude. And, you know, what I'll say is I tell this to our students and stuff all the time because uh, I'll, I'll be like, hey, guys, work on your social media. It's super important, yeah. you know, for your real estate business. If that's yeah. all you ever do, it's going to help you find deals. It's going to help you raise money. It's going to help it you does. get employees, everything. And um, a lot of them have the struggle because they're balancing, hey, well, I can't be filming all content all day like you because I'm trying to get my business up and running. Right. And, you know, it, I'm the, the main guy. Like, I can't just go leave. Yeah, yeah. And so I do think there's this fine line that even I struggle with where it's like, okay, how much can I devote to long-term, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. planning, which for me is social media, long-term brand. Yeah. How can I, and then how much time do I have to devote to the day-to-day task of running these businesses and whatever? Yeah, yeah. And so it's a constant struggle. And I think like what you just explained was, you know what? I got to take away from the long-term side of social media so I can focus on this card thing and this software and this other stuff. Because, man, we all know starting a business and building these things is so time-consuming. It's a grind, dude. It's consuming. I'm going to ask you something. I'm going to throw something at you, dude, Uh, when it comes to social media, right? Because me and you were just having some conversations about social media uh, kind of uh, pre-recording there. And... um, so there, there's obviously there's a Gary V philosophy, right? And I don't think I've ever talked about this on social media. Obviously, I've been to his office. I've done stuff with him. But 
one of his philosophies that he always, he always is pounding is, you know, uh, what does he say? Document, don't create. Right. Right. Document, don't create. Right. Because a lot of people try to create create content or whatever, and there's that side of it. And I'm not saying it's not doable. Actually, I, I think it is doable for certain pieces of it. Uh, but he's talking about document, document. And, the, and for me, full disclosure, it was a mistake that I actually made was trying to document, document, document. Mm. Um, did you ever run into a problem of, like, I hired camera guys, I hired a, a, a camera team, and dude, they were following me around because, like, you know, just document everything you got going on, and then, and then you can have all this content from it. And there is truth to it, but I think there's a little bit, I think there's a step that uh, recently I kind of stumbled across that is helping me change uh, directions now, which I think it goes back into if you're trying to build on social media, like you said, with, with the company, it's like, I think the piece that Gary, not on purposely, is leaving out is I think it needs to be, I think it's better stated as like document with purpose. So you're not creating content on purpose, but you're documenting on purpose. Right. That makes sense? Right. Because when you have a camera guy follow you for 10 hours a day, recording everything that you do, which I freaking did that, at the end of a week, you have like 90 hours of junk. Of junk. Of like, and who's going to go through all this? Like, I didn't <laughs> and find the nuggets. I didn't create anything. We just documented everything. But now we have to have like nine video editors to scroll through. And you know how long it is to render stuff and then download stuff, upload stuff. And you got to, you want me to hire guys to just now watch this for nine freaking hours a day um, just to then go find a nugget to then go clip it up, you know? Yeah. And I did it. And it was like, dude, at some point, maybe like four months into it, we're like, we have so many freaking servers now <laughs> that was holding all this footage because we had nowhere else to put it, you know? And I think it's more uh, a little bit of what we're doing here. Uh, which is you're you're documenting. We're not. We have no creation. There's no outline that me and you're going off of. We right. don't have some agenda that we're trying to accomplish here. It's just a natural process of me and you doing what we do. We're documenting it, and then but we're documenting on purpose. Right. And from here, both of us will create a ton of content. Yeah. That's, that's not created content. It's truly documented, but we did it on purpose. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. I think, man, there's so much that goes into it. Like what you just described is kind of like um, the whole process of working harder, not smarter. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, we do that all the time in our business. Yeah. Like everywhere else we do it. Right. Yeah. Everywhere else we do it. But when you actually think about like strategically, man, yeah. I, like one, one of my biggest things is the 80, 20 rule. And I'm uh-huh. just like, how do I maximize my time? I have very limited time. What do I got to do? Yeah. Um, even my video guys got limited time, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to just, he ain't got time to follow me all day because <laughs> that prevents him from actually Actually like, doing what you want him to do. Right. Creating the content. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very strategic of when I do bring him, right? Like I was at um the event Thrive a couple weeks ago. And yeah. uh I wasn't speaking or anything. If I was speaking, he would have been filming. But I just went backstage to, you know, chat with a bunch of the speakers who I know and hang out. And um I noticed uh somebody asked me, like, where I thought you'd be rolling up with your content crew yeah, and yeah. all this. And I was just like, I I really don't bring them that often with me like (laughs) for me to bring them we got to be doing something that we know there's about to be a ton of content right like me backstage for an hour i guess there there could have been but there could have been there there was probably some cool stories yeah type of that stuff there and there probably was some cool pieces of content but i don't know if it'd be it just wasn't worth it true content like what you're gonna make now in all these podcasts that you do well and two a lot of those things were me backstage trying to learn things from these guys that maybe wouldn't be you know shared on camera right so I was just like, no, like it didn't even cross my mind to bring my guy, right? Yeah. Versus on other things where I'm like, hey, guess what? I'm gonna go buy a watch today. Yeah. And I'm bringing my camera guy because yep. this is gonna be great content. Yep. 
So I think it's strategically just and, planning. And when you went and bought a watch, it was not you creating content, meaning you didn't say, hey, I'm going to go buy a watch for social media, which I think is a mistake that a lot of people do. Is they yeah, try to for sure. create. That's what I'm saying by creating. You're like, I'm going to go create this scene of me buying a watch. And it's not that. It's that me, if you remember, Ryan, me and you actually had a conversation about you buying a watch. Yep. Because you're like, hey, I want to. You were doing research at the time. Yep. You're like, hey, I want to buy my first like really cool, badass watch. Yep. And, and me kind of being a watch guy and then a bunch of guys that are officer watch guys, you were asking all these questions, right? And which then, whatever it was, two or three months later, you finally made a decision to go buy a watch. That had nothing to do with you creating content, but you were going to document the process uh, of, of you buying the watch, which is then going to allow it to create the actual content. I think it's a mis- I think it's a piece, a missing piece of the puzzle. If I could tell anybody that wants to create social media right now, I think it was a, a little missing link that I and maybe maybe Gary says all the time, and I'm just too uh, um, bliss to to ke- pick up on it. But he was like, document, document, document. And after like half a million dollars of freaking documenting uh, with very little content, I realized, dude, we had a change. And so uh, we went to document with purpose, right? And it hit me because, you know, when I was at his office, dude, um, there was uh, the day that I was there, uh, he had his whole social media team kind of out there. And then he was um, doing podcasts. He was yeah. being interviewed in his office. So people come to his office and they interview him. At his office, which is like badass, right? He just sits there he for just like there. hours just and getting new we, interviews. Exactly. And when we got there, there was a group, uh, they took us on a tour. There was a group already in his office that were, you know, shooting a podcast with him where it was their podcast, right? And then um, there was a, a guy in the, a, a group in the green room waiting to go in uh, next. And then we were on the big tour. And then as the tour kind of ended, the other group had already came in to shoot the podcast. And then we went to the green room. That's crazy. And so it was- He just it, filmed a nonstop. Like not, it finally it hit me like, dude, he was documenting all that stuff because his camera guys were in there too, right? He was documenting all of it, but you think about what that podcast was. That podcast was other people asking him questions nonstop, yep. which is allowing him to um, create content that's that's live, true, authentic content that he's uh, documenting that process. But again, it was done on purpose where there was five, six, seven podcasts he shot that day with people asking him questions. Imagine the amount, the amount of content you could create if you sat here one day, Ryan, and had eight different podcasters come in here and they all were interviewing you right back to back to back dude it's an insane amount of content that's yeah. what i think i mean by you're documenting with purpose you know yeah uh, a big piece of it, i think in social media and you, you've you've of course crushed i just got a referral from you all ago that I, I can't wait to share with my camera guy who who doesn't know about it yet i've already texted him i don't know if you saw that or not yeah, I, yeah. I was like immediately text him like oh my god dude it's a piece that we're looking for yeah uh, so so much in the industry and and i don't i don't even want to share it right now <laughs> because I don't want to, because it's so everyone, important. It's like so hard to them. find, dude. Yeah, and uh, you graciously shared it with me, so I'm pumped about it, man. Yeah, man. So, I I, I totally agree with you. I think the way Gary V does it is extremely um, unique and smart, right? Because everyone is knocking on his door to interview him, and they're yeah. also paying to interview him. Yeah, and um, so he's kind of one of a kind in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is, documenting with purpose is a great way to do it. Like. Um, we all have limited time, man. Like yeah. we just have to make sure that, Hey, we got the cameras on when it matters. And the rest of the time, let the camera guy actually go make the content, make the freaking content. <laughs> Cause it's just not a good use of his time. And I don't want to waste anyone's time. Especially when you start paying people. That's when it gets like, yeah. Cause as, and if you're ever in startup mode and it's like, Oh my God, how much am I spending for this? And, and what is the return back on this? Right. I'll tell you a unique thing. When I started my podcast, dude, uh, the money is show, which you, you've been on. Um, uh, two things here. When I started it, um, I interviewed a bunch of people that were already doing podcasts, meaning I interviewed them like just privately and said, you know, why do, why are you doing a podcast? What's your purpose of it? What's your goal from it? And one of the things that that was kind of a common denominator between all the guys who were doing podcasts was, 
no matter what industry they were in, they were all trying to get to some point where they interviewed some person. They're like, oh, dude, I kind of ask them, like, you know, who, who would you want to interview? And they always, they always was this, like, this in-person of whatever their kind of bubble was that they wanted to get to. Let's say Entrepreneur World, Gary Vee or Grant Cardone, which you, I think you just... Yeah, I just interviewed them. them. Yeah. Uh, and so the, everybody was trying to get there. And so, and they would ask them, like, how long have you been doing your podcast? Like, oh, it's been three years. And as I interviewed, I don't know, 10, 12 people, I was like, dude, if I have to spend 12, I mean, if I got to spend three or four years of doing podcasts two or three times a week, whatever it is, for the hopeful potential to get to this point where I could interview this one person, dude, that is a long road and a lot of freaking work. And so I just flipped it on his head. I said, okay, if, if everybody's in goal on this podcast is to maybe get to interview this one person, what if we just started ours with interviewing that one person? And so we, we met the team and we said, who were the top three people? And it came down to uh, Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, and Kevin O'Leary. And so uh, I said, okay, well, let's just go do it that way then. Because this is where everybody wants to get. Let's just start there and see what happens. And so, and again, I was in a position where I could make that happen with, you know, let's say financially. You made me think of when you said pay, because I paid yeah. Gary. Like it was a straight up, uh, uh, we had to negotiate it. Because our team first reached out to him. They said, no, we don't, he doesn't sell podcasts. And so my team came back and said, hey, sorry, we can't do it. And if you're an entrepreneur, you're like, Okay, that's irrelevant to me that he said no. Like, yeah. There's a freaking way. It's yeah. why we were entrepreneurs. I said, we just got to figure out what it is. Right. And one day, it was about the time he was kind of launching Empathy Wines. And one of my guys reached out to him and said something along the line. We had a big event coming up of entrepreneurs. And we said, what if we bought a bunch of wines uh, from you? And we gave them away to all these you know, entrepreneurs. They're going to be this large conference as a gift from Gary Vee. And, and then they'll drink them or share them with their friends or family. And, and people will start to get out your, uh, you know, your wines. And so that's actually how we ended up doing it, man, was I, I probably bought a tractor trailer load, no shit, of wine from <laughs> Empathy Wines, and I bartered and negotiated in, in return what I wanted if I bought this uh, tractor trailer load of, of wine and I would give it away to all these entrepreneurs is that we'd do an interview together. Right. But the point being, we interviewed, my first three interviews on the show was Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, and, and Kevin O'Leary in, in that order. And from that moment, um, after we did that, I have never in my entire career lacked or or was looking for any more guests for my show. Uh, we got to the point where we were doing four interviews a week on the Money A Show. And you've been there, Ryan. That's yep. live. That means someone has to fly in from across the nation, book air, airfare, hotel, travel. There's no Zoom. Um, they got to fly in to be on that show. And they got to be a qualified CEO, successful multi-million dollar player uh, like yeah. yourself, even to be on it. And I mean, again, we're booked for six months out of time at four episodes a week with CEOs flying in. Yeah. And all that came from understanding the strategy and the purpose of what we were trying to accomplish with it. You know what I mean? Right. I don't want to sit there and just have to email people left and right to try to get them on the show. Right? Be, I wanted to do a different approach to it. Yeah. And business is always about that. Like, how, how do you take whatever you're doing and, and, re, and find out what is that niche that will explode you uh, or make that thing, that new business, whatever it is, grow that yeah. you got going on? Yeah, I'll give you two thoughts on that. So for one, um, like you said, I, I recently interviewed Grant and yeah. it wasn't even I've never aspired to interview people. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just like, yeah, what you know, whoever walks through the door that's legit and I want to interview, that's who I'll interview, right? Yeah. And the Grant thing came about because he was like reaching out to people that had real estate podcast and cause he's starting his new um fund. Yep. And, you know, a bunch of people tagged me in his request. And I go, Okay, whatever, I'll just submit and see if he wants to come. And sure enough, he said yes. And then, you know, we did it. Yeah. And it was tight. Like, it didn't have to pay him. Like, it was super cool. And I got to also build a relationship with him. And what was crazy was he had actually did his homework on me because he was, uh, he had mentioned TrueBooks, my tax company. Okay. I didn't bring it up. Yeah, he was yeah. just like, you got TrueBooks, right? Like, you know, taxes are yeah. 
I was like, dude, this guy just gave me a commercial. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but my, my point is this, even though I got to interview Grant Cardone, it was really cool. It really didn't help my podcast. Correct. You know, Agreed. like that got, thing. it got our most views, but by no means has that really, did it do something special? No. Lock, you know, explode it, something? No. It doesn't. It doesn't. No. So that's the, the one caution. I think maybe you might've thought that early on, like, oh, if I get these guys, it's going to just explode it. And it really doesn't. Yeah, I, I agree. With you. I think that when I first went into it, I was thinking, hey, if we go do this and drop this money, I thought two things. I thought, number one, dude, this may explode our podcast because people want to listen because it's Gary and Grant, and then they're all going to uh, follow. And I thought that was going to happen. And then number two, I, I thought that, hey, if we do these, I can create a badass sizzle reel, and then anybody that wants to come on uh, in the future. That, that it definitely did. And and I was 50-50, right? Yeah, yeah. When I, when I shot these shows, honest to God, dude, like nothing. Like, I was expecting, like, it was going to explode. No. Nothing. Exactly what you just said, dude. It wasn't there. It, people didn't really care or not care. It just, it was, it was what it was. The second piece of it happened where now it's like anytime CEOs reach out, they're like, we want to be on the show. Uh, or, or they, you know, we, they have a, sum, a submit form that they send in. It's like, dude, we are bombarded with people wanting to be on the show. Or even the few times that my staff has reached out to like a big hitter, uh, you know, like a Dan Fleischer, we recently did, right? Dan's a super connected guy. And when you can lead in and say, hey, guys, would you want to be on our, on our show? We've interviewed people like bop, bop, bop. Yeah. It's just immediate like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll be on the show. And it, and it really helped me because, remember, I was doing live only, and you had to fly to my office, yeah. which means you got to spend two, three grand just to be on my show, which is rare to get people that will want to be on a podcast. And if they got to go pay the money to be on it, you know, not, not to me as a fee, but, you know, just airfare, hotel, yeah. all that stuff, right, plus time. Uh, and that's where it really helped us out uh, at. And really through it, this is the thing as entrepreneurs that I think you have to stay focused on. And this is another piece that you're good at, Ryan, is as you're going through business, you don't always know what the end goal or result is always going to be. Like sometimes as you go through a business, uh, in, in this example, this the, my money is show, as I was going through that, I didn't have like some great end plan of, of launching something or monetizing something. But I knew that if I just kept doing it, something was going to eventually, if I pay attention, something will happen because of the opportunity that's going to be there. And that's where we launched the power room came from the inside of the money is show, but it was like a year into the show. Right. And that's what launched, uh, you know, power room. And I think as an entrepreneur, one thing that, that, uh, will make you very, very successful is as you're in the middle of doing something, you have to have your eyes wide open, dude, because there's going to be, eventually there's going to be certain opportunities that hit. And I think successful entrepreneurs find, um, and have the ability to see, that niche opportunity that's there that other people don't see yet. And the more you can see that niche vision opportunity, the better and bigger and, and faster you can grow if you can uh, lean into that piece of it. Most entrepreneurs, nature of the beast, put their head down and grind. Yeah. And they miss a ton of the massive opportunities around them because they're just grinding. You don't get six companies, seven companies like you have here, if your head's down just grinding, right? It's about paying attention to that niche opportunity that's going to pop even though you might not have started it with that in purpose. Right. That makes sense. Well, one thing I'll say that uh, you did really well was, you know, you took, because here's the thing, you, you'd mentioned, you know, financially getting those guys on and it was a big investment, yeah, but yeah. I've been to your studio and mm -hmm. the way you treat the guest, also a huge financial investment yeah. to what you guys are doing to produce that show, right? Mm -hmm. And views wise, you didn't get the results you were looking for. Mm -hmm. Nope. But, you still found a way to make it worthwhile. You created the power room. You took all these awesome CEOs that you'd interviewed, you know, every single time. 
you got you got now this this community of people that have been on the show yep. that are now in this group and you're able to leverage each other in a different way. It's it's not the maybe you had that plan going no. into it from the beginning. No, you're, you're right. No, but you're right. you you pivoted of like, all right, you know what? This isn't going to be um, you know, the next Joe Rogan podcast, but yep, yep. there is something I have here. Yep. And I think all businesses have to do that. It's funny. There was a story I read um everyone knows I read a lot of books. One of the books I read this year was called um I think unfiltered. I'll have to double check that, but it was on the story of Instagram. And basically what happened with the story of Instagram was it started as an app called bourbon. Mm -hmm. It was a whiskey app. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And eventually they noticed people like posting pictures of like whiskey and stuff. And then, um, one of the investors is like, I think there's something to social media and pictures that nobody's really doing the right way. Isn't out there yet, yeah. Yeah, so let's rebrand this into a picture app yep. that's not just about whiskey. <laughs> and sure enough, Instagram was born and it blew up. And yeah. it was just like, it didn't, <laughs> that led to Instagram, but it wasn't the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of businesses like that, you know, especially as you're growing your businesses, just understanding even though you're doing this one thing, it doesn't mean that's what's always going to be there. And you have to constantly... Um, look for opportunity. Um, and, you know, we learned we learned that a lot during COVID, right? I mean, if you if you're listening right now, I mean, think about how many people when COVID hit, they had to massively make a shift into a totally different direction, and that was a forced uh, shift uh, of that made you look for opportunity. But if you would, uh, and I had to go through that. But if you if you as an entrepreneur constantly focused on where is that opportunity at, um, you'll see it way before other people see it, and can. Uh, maximize and utilize that way to your advantage if you do it. Well, you know what's funny is, speaking of opportunity, um, I'll give you guys my biggest thing that I, I've thought about the opportunity, but we need to hear a quick word from our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to invest in real estate, but you didn't have the time to find deals yourself? That's where Fundrise comes in. Fundrise is a crowdfunding platform that has transacted over $5 billion in real estate and has over 150,000 active investors. While many funds, like my own, require accredited investors, Fundrise allows anyone to invest with as little as $500. If you'd like to learn more, check out Fundrise.com. Once again, that's Fundrise.com. Are you looking to find off-market real estate deals? One of the best tools my team uses is Batch Leads. With Batch Leads, you're able to pull data, manage lists, and send text messages. On top of that, you can get nationwide access to the MLS to get pictures and comps. My team has used Batch Leads to get some of our best deals, so I know it works. If you want to start today, you can get half off your first month by going to batchleads.io and using the promo code RYAN. Once again, that's batchleads.io, promo code RYAN for half off your first month. Now, back to the show. So speaking of opportunity, um, I've thought about this a lot lately because the world is changing so quickly with tech and crypto and just, man, we were talking about what you're thinking of doing with NFTs and blockchain. I'm like, dude... I'm thinking the same thing. There's the metaverse. There's yeah, yeah. all these possibilities. And I'm like, okay, how can I use my brand and my mm-hmm, businesses mm-hmm. and what can we do? Yeah. And the realization I had was, dude, in business, everything is just changing all the time. Yep. And if you're like building your business thinking it's going to be this certain thing or certain way and you're like all in on that way yeah. and you're not, you said it, open to yeah. what else is happening and how you can shift and adjust, you ain't gonna be in business, dude. It's not. We live in a world that is moving too fast and is changing too quick for you to always think we're just gonna do this thing over and over and over again. I was just uh, at, a, at an event speaking and they brought up leadership. They were asking me questions about leadership, and I said, 
to be a successful leader today, it was, and it was about how to be a leader in today's market and, and environment. And I said, dude, to be a leader today, you have to be proactively looking for change. Yeah. You have to, as a leader, look for it because we are moving at too high rate of a speed and things are changing too fast for you to think that as a leader of a company or a leader of your entrepreneur world that you're in, that you can just stay right there and not adapt to what's happening across the planet. And so it's the same thing entrepreneurship, dude. You have to, it is moving so fast. If you think about what's going on right now in the metaverse and uh, all, all the NFT world, and if you can, you can, and I doubt your listeners would disagree with this, but you could sit there and say NFTs are a fad, NFTs are going to go away. Bro, mark my words, write it down on this date. What is today? December 6th? Dude, NFTs are not going away. Now, I do think that 90% of NFTs will probably fail and go away, but NFT, the concept, is here to freaking stay. The digital world is here to stay. You have, we have not even scratched the surface of, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not even a huge fan of it. Like, I'm not, like, my brain doesn't necessarily work that way. So it's not like I'm, like, trying to sell it. I'm not. I'm trying to sell myself on I got to go jump inside of this yeah. because there's opportunities like the wild, wild west right now. And I'm not, like, a pusher of it. Like, my God, I actually wish it kind of, parts of me wish it didn't exist because it's so foreign to me. But it is the way of the future, dude, and you've got to get involved, which is how, why we shifted kind of our card uh, software that we're building out and added NFTs into it because it was like, dude, NFTs are so hot and sexy right now. It's a great place to play inside of. Yeah, and I'm with you, man. I'm, as the days go on, constantly looking at different ways to incorporate NFTs yeah. into what I'm doing. Um, I mean, I'm a, I've been a believer of crypto for the last year, and um, unfortunately, I've been a bad investor of it because I, <laughs> I bought low, yeah. and then I watched it go high, then yeah. I sold low, and then... Which you do yeah. that in none of your other investing. No, I'm like, just... it's so anti what you actually do. Well, I'm just, yeah, I'm just a bad crypto investor. But nonetheless, um, NFTs, I can get behind for many reasons, and this is not an NFT podcast, but one of the reasons that I'll get into it that I, I can fully understand yeah. now is there's outside utility with a lot of these NFTs, right? If you watch, you know, speaking of Gary V, what he's doing with V Friends. Yeah, V Friends, yeah. You know, he's got his VCon coming mm -hmm. up. You get yep. access to his event. You get access to all these different things. There's real world value, yeah, okay? Yeah. So that I can get behind because when I buy Bitcoin and believe me, I think Bitcoin's great, but it has no like, like there's nothing that I can use Bitcoin for at the moment. Sure. And there's nothing either too that I can do to buy Bitcoin at a discount. Mm -hmm. Like I just got to hope I bought it at the right time. At low, yeah, sure. With an NFT, it's just like buying real estate. I can get a great deal on an NFT. There are other sellers of, you know, similar NFTs. I have comparables just yeah. like real estate. And if I know that NFT is selling for 20 Ethereum and I get it for 15, yeah. I got a deal. Yeah, I can yeah. go flip it. I can hold it. I just know I built an equity, whereas with Bitcoin, I don't. And mm -hmm. people will say, well, you know, Bitcoin's going to half a million dollars. So if you buy, just buy it and hold it, you have equity. And I hate when people say that because it's so stupid because there's opportunity cost. Okay. If I go dump all my money into Bitcoin today and I bought it at a price which I don't know if it was a good price or not. Um, because who knows, it could dip tomorrow. It could go, yeah, sure. In the span of 10 years, it's always a good deal. Yeah. I could buy anything today right. and yeah. hold it for 10 years. And it's a good deal. So I don't like that assertion of the crypto people and that'll probably get a lot of backlash, but <laughs> I don't really care. But with NFTs, I can see the actual value. Uh -huh. I can see that I can get a good deal because I'm talking directly to an owner of that just the same way we do real estate. And also too, when you start talking about the metaverse, they're all going to be built on, you know, NFTs, like, you know, the land is an NFT, right? Yeah. I can totally buy land in the metaverse. I can build on the land. I can lease the land. I can treat it just like I treat commercial real estate. And that 
I'm really excited for because I get that. And I think I think if you look at NFTs again, I don't make this whole podcast NFT, but I think NFTs as a whole. Again, I'm, I stand with my statement that I think 90% of NFTs as we see them today are going to go away. I think the, the uniqueness of what Gary did was tying his NFT to an actual transaction like VCon or a podcast or a shout out or a Twitter post if you buy, if you have certain of his uh, NFTs, right? That's the genius behind his because it's kind of backed by something that's more tangible. Uh, the other NFTs I think are gonna, that are going to stay are the transactional NFTs. So when an NFT is based on some sort of transaction, if you will, those are the NFTs that are going to for sure stay around. Some of the hype NFTs are ones that may, you may see float and go away eventually. Um, but the transaction, you watch Kevin O'Leary, he just did a TikTok uh, recently, and it was literally about NFTs uh, uh, backed by watches. Oh. And that, was, that was his big post. He said, trust me, uh, he's like, the NFTs that uh, when you want to, it's a Rolex you have there, when you want to buy and sell that Rolex, and, and when someone creates a platform that allows you to sell those backed by NFTs, it will, fr- it will stop the fraud yeah. of fake Rolexes and because now it's going to actually be backed by a transaction that has the you know certificate behind it and again I'm not an NFT expert by no means so don't follow me if you think I'm an NFT guy it's just being an entrepreneur uh, we Ryan have to pay attention to that world like it, 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 we have to pay attention to it yeah no I'm with you dude and uh, you know speaking of watches man after <laughs> it was funny when I got into social media everyone start I hear, hear yeah. about all these watches yeah, like, yeah. people like Patek and AP mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. like I seriously have never even heard of them in my life until mm. then. And then what you gave me a Breitling to wear on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were talking about Ryan, um, yep. other Ryan, your partner, Yeah, one of my partners. Yeah. And, uh, you're telling me about his AP collection, uh-huh, which at uh-huh. the time I didn't know what it was yeah, and yeah. all the sweater. I'm like, whatever. And then, um, I ended up buying an AP, okay. which, um, I, <laughs> I feel ashamed to say this, but <laughs> I recently, um, dropped it and, oh, uh, no. Yeah, so I'm not wearing it. Yeah, I, I broke like a little hinge. Oh, because it's ceramic, so it, like breaks uh-huh. kind of uh-huh. easy. Yeah. So yeah, dude, I'm just I'm a bad watch owner, but yeah. um, nonetheless, I would I would totally uh support Kevin O'Leary's thing with uh yeah you know watches because again, if you go sell that watch, uh if there if that was backed by an NFT, now we can tra- trace that and know that Ryan Pineda bought it and when you bought it. When you sold it, yeah. you sold it, sold it too, and so now you can have that. Uh, you know, it's almost like a car title, yeah, uh, on a watch, which will help the frauds that are that are taking off, which already exist that are out there, right? Well, you know, the like art helps that art and all this stuff, right? Fraud is the biggest thing, mm-hmm. and so it's like that's why NFTs digitally are so important. It's like, you know, there's no fraud. Yeah. Like, dude, the guy owns it. It's everyone can see who owns what. And yeah. um, I actually just spent. I'm gonna be by the time this drops, probably the YouTube will be out too. But I just spent over. 400 grand on nfts um buying nice. uh certain things which i'll reveal later yeah, yeah. But, uh, that's cool dude i'm super excited about it. like i'm all in yeah, like no, i am obviously i'm i'll be doing real estate and all that but my goal is to be also the one of the most known people in digital real estate aka you know buying land in mm-hmm. the metaverse and different you know nfts it's all going to take place like it, it, it's, it's happening it, it's happening dude again uh, there's always going to be the group that doesn't understand it that's going to fight that's it. Fine. That's fine. I want. I want to buy. Fine. It. Be that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you were that way. People were. People were that way during crypto as well. Uh, and and when Bitcoin was at you know a thousand dollars, they were like, uh, you know, this is the biggest scam in the world. And then a couple of days ago, I think it was over sixty thousand uh, dollars per coin. It's going to be the same way in NFT. But you, dude, it was the same way when wholesale. Think about when you were wholesaling. Oh, I thought it was fake. Yeah. It's like no, there's no way this is going to work. This is impossible. No one's going to sell me their house below market value. It's like okay, dude. Well, just sit over there and talk about it all you want to. But over here, it's actually freaking taking place right now, and this is happening, right? Right. It's the same thing in, in the NFT world. You know, I mean, 
Yeah. Um, so it, don't follow me for NFTs. I'm not your NFT guy. You can follow Ryan for that. No, nah, I'm not. So I'm, I'm not, not the NFT advantage. guy yet, but uh, the goal is to be one. Yeah. You know, at some well, point. You, you can do it for sure, man. Yeah. For well, sure. But I will say, when I do do something, I yeah, you I go put my in. money where my yeah, mouth yeah. is. I'm like, yeah, yeah. hey, I'm all in, baby. Like you will whatever. Go all in. And if I lose, hey, I'll, <laughs> I'll share lose it with big. you. I'll lose big. Yeah. That's good, dude. I, I like it, man. I got some cool NFT projects we're working on that I think are going to be some game changers. Uh, one, I'll share with you after the air because I don't want it out yet because it's still in development. But there's some cool ones I'm working on, dude, that I think are going to be big, man. Big, yeah. big. So tell me about um, the Power Room and what you guys are doing with that, man. You know, Power Room is uh, Power Room is just based off of CEOs. So there's a ton of groups that are out there and different masterminds. But for me, and and when it comes to when it, uh, let me back up for a second. When it comes to money, right? My whole podcast is called The Money Is Show. And it was launched because just a lack of understanding. So many people didn't understand money in general. And the basis of it, money is a game. And this is an easy way to explain it, right? You're a baseball player, Ryan. Uh, Money is a game. And just like any game that's out there, whether it be baseball, football, basketball, or you go to board games, Monopoly, uh, uh, Life, Clue, uh, Chess, Checkers, it doesn't matter. All those games, just like money is a game, have rules to them. And when you don't understand the rules of money, uh, that's where you'll never be able to capture money because you're basically playing a game with the wrong set of rules, which is going to force you to always lose at it, right? I spent years and years and years uh, speaking and teaching about uh, money and real estate, and what it came down to is people just didn't understand the rules of money, right? And and and, and inside of those, there's certain rules. One of the biggest ones that is by far out there, and it's a, it's a common one, but it's, but it's misused by a lot of people, or maybe it's misunderstood, which is your net worth is directly connected to your network. Now that phrase has been around for a very long time and people like to throw it out there as a buzz phrase, but but they're missing the point of what it actually means in real life. And power room is basically me creating my own network is what it yeah. was. And when you put a bunch of high level CEOs in a room that are all, all uh, driven, successful, making money, the amount of opportunity that comes out of that room is insane. Like the amount of deals that I have set up and structured because of that room is mind-blowing staggering. Um, why? Because it's simple. It, uh, my, my staff calls it my personal playground because when I want to go do a deal, I go to my personal kind of playground, and there's all these badasses doing deals that I can be partake in. It, it, earlier is what you talked about. Like uh, when you were talking about you're a bad crypto investor, Alma said something then because, look, our role as an investor or as an as a entrepreneur, as a business owner, is not to be great at everything. It's humanly impossible. Like, you are great at freaking real estate. But to be great at real estate, stock, crypto, yeah. all this different stuff is it's impossible. You, no yeah. one can do all that, which no. is why, like, when you make the shift into NFT, you did it differently than how you did crypto. We, look at the difference. Like, when you were in crypto, it's like we're playing with it, we're throwing stuff at it. It's we're, like a we're, stock. We're dabbling it, with it. It's, it's a very stock. similar, and I when, suck at stocks. When you did NFT, <laughs> you did it like you did real estate. You went all in because you're saying, I'm going to be great I'm going to put my mind, my energy, my focus on this right here, which is the shift that you made between, say, crypto and NFT, because you can't be great at everything, right? Inside of that, uh, the whole purpose is, like, I've made a lot of money on crypto, not because I know a ton about crypto, though. It was just that there were guys in my room that were freaking insane at crypto. And so it enables me to go use my network to grow my net worth at a very, very high level and structure deals and so forth. That's really what the... Power Room came from. It came from the birth of m- the Money is Show, which was money is a game. You have to know the rules. There's a bunch of rules. One of them is your net worth is your network, but not the bull crap of like, oh, I'm going to go down to my chamber of commerce and 
network with people. I'm going to go down to the local Denny's at a small <laughs> business meeting. That is not what I'm referring to by network. Um, there's a high level of people that play high level games and you got to get into that world right there, which is really what the power room ended up being for me personally. Yeah, no, I love that dude. You know, I'll say so much of what I've accomplished is due to other people, yeah. you know, and it's due to meeting people and being inspired. I mean, like I've been a part of so many different masterminds. And yep. so there are times where I hear someone speak and say something and I don't even have a relationship with them. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. Like, but they say something that inspires me to do something crazy. Right. Yep. yep. Um, and then there are the times where, yo, I get to build a relationship with this person and you know, they can add value to what I'm doing. I can add value to them somehow. And even if I can't even add value to them, if you're in the right masterminds, people are just so willing to help you. And like, that's all that matters, it's, right? It's weird. Like your crypto guys, like you're not doing nothing for them as far as crypto goes. Like they're like, hey, here's the tips. Here's what you need to do. Like, yeah. you know, and then maybe they'll hit you up when it's time to learn about real estate or, yep. you know, or they're just paying you back for creating a group in which they can be in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude, it, it, you know, in, the, in the mastermind world, because you're, you're in a ton of them. Um, and, and one of the reasons that we built ours to be a CEO mastermind is, you know, it would have been super easy for us to go build a real estate mastermind for real estate investors. Right. Super easy. But we on purposely avoided that because I didn't want to have another real estate mastermind or another marketing mastermind or another business mastermind. We strictly said CEOs only. And by doing that, it created these alpha high uh, A drivers in the room that are in, I think right now we're representing over 33 different industries uh, is what we represent right now. And some of these guys have billion dollar valuations on their companies, right? And inside of it, it just allows us, I mean, if you think about that, when people come over there, uh, I had I had a... Uh, just because there's so many things that are happening. Like there was recently a guy that owned an appraisal company, a uh, huge appraisal company, not like a one-man show. Uh, he was a, a third largest appraisal company in the, in the nation. Ended up partnering with another guy in the mastermind uh, and started opening uh, gyms, uh, franchises across the nation right now. The other guy has no idea about gyms, uh, but he's a CEO. He understands how to run a business, and he had capital. Yeah. And these guys, uh, which are already doing a ton of stuff in the fitness world, wanted to open gyms, and it was just a natural fit for them to partner up together to go do it, right? Uh, that's the point of what's, what happens inside of a mastermind, especially when you get to kind of what, what we have, which is more of a CEO, because now you're not just focused on one topic over and over. It's like, let's talk about marketing and for wholesale deals one more time. It's like, God, if I heard one more presentation on wholesale marketing, I wanted to die. Ours is strictly a random assertion of all types of industries, which allows so many people to integrate with each other. You know what I mean? So that's why we did it. It's, it's been hugely successful, man. Uh, we've, we have, we have no website for it. <laughs> we have no Instagram page. We have no <laughs> Facebook page. We have nothing. We, is, I, we don't exist. Uh, but I would say from all the knowledge that I know, we are by far the fastest growing mastermind in in America right now, it's like not even freaking close, dude. Yeah, uh, it, it, we have to we had to turn it off, like literally turn it off because it was like okay, we were growing too fast right now, and it, it's a good problem to have when people are trying to pay you twenty thousand dollars to come hang out. But we had to turn it off because it was just so much growth uh, from it, all referral, like zero marketing whatsoever. And think about a business like that. The only way that the only way that exists is because the value in the room is so strong, the value of what the people are getting is so big that they want to keep adding to it by giving more value back to it, which is exactly what happened man so yeah it's been it's been badass yeah i would say uh when it comes to masterminds for those listening and uh you know if you're thinking about joining one obviously uh, there's a lot of masterminds that have um restrictions right so like you know many of you listening you can't even get into andrew's mastermind um then there are masterminds for 
people just starting out and yeah. people just, you know, at a certain deal level. There's and I've thought about this in in my own way of like, okay, you know, we have our future flipper all-star program and, you know, that's a certain thing. And do I want to start something eventually that's, you know, like what Andrew's talking about for more high level stuff, or maybe, you know, I, I actually uh <laughs> I talked to my buddy when I when I first met him, Graham Stefan, I asked oh, yeah. him, I go, Hey, you know, is there any masterminds that exist for YouTube or anything? Yeah, yeah. Because that's what I want to be in. Like, yep, I want sure. to uh, learn from these guys and be a better YouTuber. He's like, nah, none that I know of. And I don't think Graham's ever been a mastermind in his life anyway. Yeah, yeah. But my point was, I was like, okay. So for me as an entrepreneur, I'm like, hey, that's an opportunity, right? And so I go, do you think that, um, you know, people would pay 20, 25 grand to be a part of something like this? You know, and he's like, no, like, no way. These guys are all too cheap. <laughs> and, and look, Graham's a cheap guy. Like, he's just known for being that. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, because every mastermind I'm a part of is, you know, that's just kind of the going rate grand. for yeah. uh, a high level mastermind. Because if you can't pay it, then you shouldn't be in it. It right? kind of puts an immediate uh, qualifier. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it, you shouldn't be in it if you can't pay it or your mindset's not even the yeah, right way. That's perfect. Right. Then, then don't be in mind. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Too. We don't, we don't <laughs> want you in it anyway. But also, to the fact is, uh, as he was saying that, it just got me thinking, like, man, it might be a great idea, but. There, there might not, it might not exist because just the egos that come with being a big YouTuber and it's like, I don't know. I think. No, it, I disagree, bro. I think you, you should start it. You think I should start? Because I was literally talking to my buddies at Space Station. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember if I took you up there or not to introduce, to hang out with those guys. Um, but, but they own, you know, the YouTube agency with Sean Doris and, and, and I think you get around 1.5 billion views a month right now. Crazy. And I was talking to him because the same thing, they, they have. They've never been in the mastermind world and don't don't understand it and it's never part of their life. But they business come, people get it because it's yeah. normal for us business yes. people to do it. And they came up all through YouTube like that is their they that don't is get their it. business. Yeah, it, their their business was not like I was doing this other thing and then like kind of like me and you right we were doing real estate we already had success. It's like oh let's start building out YouTube. They were literally just YouTube, so it's a different mindset. And for us, it's like this is a complete home run. I was trying to tell those guys like dude, you should start a freaking mastermind because the amount of I think influencers and people that want to sincerely be a youtuber or a influencer social media influencer that has the wherewithal and the means to go do it would happily pay happily pay to be a part of a mastermind that actually is producing you know uh, legitimate content information to help everybody grow um so i think i think someone's gonna do it it's gonna happen sooner or later uh if unfortunately i'm not qualified or i would go do it because i can see <laughs> the opportunity but uh, you should go do it because someone's going to go do it. And I'm telling you, it is it is going to be a massive, massive mastermind. If you do it, just let me be a part of it with you because uh, <laughs> it will be a ma- – I mean, dude, think about this. When when Sean and, and the guys from Space Station show up at my event, which is a CEO mastermind, when they show up and speak – it's not a YouTube mastermind. It's a CEO mastermind. When they show up and speak at my mastermind – Everybody in that room goes and wants to talk to him, hang out with him, sit down with him, uh, network with with that guy. Not the lender that showed up and spoke about a billion dollar fund. Right, he'll get attention, but the YouTube, they're all over. I know, and it's because CEOs are even interested in it, right? Yeah, um, everyone, so everyone wants to build their personal you, brand. You got to go do it, it Ryan. Just <laughs> go do it. You, you just put company eight on the wall and go build your YouTube mastermind because it, it, someone's going to do it. It's going to crush it, bro. Yeah, you crush. know. I've got other opportunities I'm, like, super interested in right now. Well, I shouldn't even say interested, like building. Yeah, you're doing so, behind the scenes right now. Yeah, nobody yeah, yeah. knows about it. So those are my focus. But, um, you know, I've thought about it, and I think, obviously, with every mastermind, there's two levels. I mean, there can be the entry level for those people who don't have a brand and, you know, 
we're going to help them build a brand. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, what I was alluding to with Graham more of like, Hey, let's get all the people, maybe they're qualifiers. They got to have over a hundred thousand subscribers mm-hmm. sure, or something. And, uh, that way we can all talk and chat and, um, I don't know. I think it's a thing. It's just like someone's going to do it. I got a lot of masterminds I want to do, but I, I don't want to run them all. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. So I totally get that dude. Yeah, dude. So anyways, man, it's been uh really good catching up with you, man. I think, uh, the power room is amazing. I think, uh, you guys are going to have a ton of success, um, this week in Vegas. I love that you guys are out here. Um, Supporting you know, the industry, huh? I love it. <laughs> Make sure they go out and gamble and, you know. <laughs> get this city back pumping again, dude. Yeah, if they need a, a house, we can help them out too. So just just go give them the quick plug. Uh, I'll tell them all about no taxes and stuff. That'd be great. Oh, dude, it's a, it's a tax. That's a whole world I freaking love, bro. Yeah, dude. It's one of the things that people don't understand about money or business, right, um, is <laughs> – it is is it, we talk about money for a second and we're wrapping up, but I'll end it with this because you have a tax company. I'm gonna plug yeah. your tax company. Uh, just understand when it comes to money, there's three phases, right? You gotta learn how to create it, keep it, and protect it. You find a wealthy person, you will always find those three things, and they know very intimate details about each of them. The one that people struggle with the most is number two, keeping it. Yeah. Entrepreneurs don't struggle with creating it, right? We are always able to create money and create a job and create this opportunity that we have. Where we struggle at is understand how to keep it and. Most of us absolutely positively suck. I don't mean keeping it like keeping it because you budget it or you didn't spend it on a car. I'm talking about understanding the rules of money and the rules of wealth. That's the piece that people, entrepreneurs, don't understand. And, and rightly so. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. They're hyper-focused on creating it, and they miss the piece of how, how, to, how to keep the money that, that they make. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you all hear these stories of people that have making $10 million to pay nothing in taxes, and then you hear the entrepreneur that makes – $50,000 and has to pay you know $25,000 <laughs> in taxes and they can't figure it out. It's what separates the rich from the wealthy by far, that piece right there, dude. Yeah. And your tax guys that you guys run yep, yep. can definitely help with that as well. 100%, dude. Go to truebookcpa.com. Appreciate the shout out. Well, dude, go crush it today. We got to go do it, man. I'm excited how far you come, show, man. And show starts tonight. Yeah, bro. I just got to catch up with you now, dude. I know. I'm going to put the heat on you, so you got to keep growing. I'm going <laughs> to put the heat on you, bro. There we go. Yeah, I'll link to all your stuff down below so people can get in, in touch with Love you. Love it, man. Appreciate and, it. And uh, guys, thanks for watching. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you leave a five-star review. Catch you on the next one. Peace. Thanks for watching The Ryan Pineda Show. If you want to work with me, head over to ryanpineda.com. You can find my courses, coaching programs, and upcoming events. We also have free resources you can download, so head over to ryanpineda.com.